0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another session of Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm your host, Albert Hardy. I heard a famous TV evangelist say that he wants to stick closely to the Bible, and he doesn't go along with the idea of a pre-trib rapture. But he said something that I just, it, it piqued my interest right away. It's in uh, Revelation 8, and starting in verse 7. The first angel sounded, and I'm reading out of the King James Bible at the moment. Uh, The first angel sounded, and there followed great hail, I'm sorry, hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And then there's an insert that says in the ASV, the third part of the earth was burnt up. And then the next line reads, And a third part of the trees was burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. And then verse 8 says, And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. And in verse 9, The third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a torch or a lamp. And it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. Verse 11 says, The name of the star was called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made poison or bitter. The fourth angel sounded in verse 12, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars. So the third of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. What's this all about? Verse 13 says, And I beheld and heard an angel, an eagle, um, according to the insert here, flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe!" to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason—excuse me—by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are still yet to sound. Woe is right. Verse uh, one of chapter nine. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Well, this gentleman said that this asteroid, that's this great star or mountain that was thrown into the sea, uh, according to verse 8, chapter 8, Revelation, was what was going to cause the whole earth to disintegrate or die or fall apart and end, kill everything. God's coming to return and pick up his um, chosen ones, and the rest are going to die with the world. Is that the way the world's going to end? It's going to get hit by an asteroid? Well, in my opinion, in a word, no, not really. No. No. Because Jesus has to have a place to return. He's bringing his kingdom here. Jesus is the maker of the planet. He's not going to destroy it. He's going to restore it. That's what I see in the scriptures. He can't come back to a burnt out earth with nothing to repair, nothing to rebuild, or blown up, The Seventh-day Adventists, I believe, uh, say and teach and prepare videos that show the whole earth getting nuked, on fire, and burnt, molten, for a thousand years, uninhabited, uninhabitable, molten, and on fire. Is that realistic? Who said any such thing? It's not in the Bible. And I suspect it's part of L.N.G. White's writings. The great controversy and such. But I don't know that for sure. I've not researched their work. But this verse, too, is is very telling. He opened the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit, what pray tell is that? Where is it? Well, if it's on the earth, where is it? Well, right now, it doesn't exist, except for the pit. The pit's there. It's under the earth. It's buried, it's buried under the earth right now. Something's going to open that. Something opened the bottomless pit. It says so in verse 2, chapter 9, Revelation. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke. Let's go to Zephaniah chapter 1, and verses 14 through 18, and see what it says. But first, let's go to Micah chapter 7, and... um, Let's start in uh, verse 13. Notwithstanding, the land shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein, for the fruit of their doings. Whoa. So, the earth is going to end. Well, in a manner of speaking, I suppose so. The earth as we know it will end. The way things are. Crime everywhere, wars everywhere, uh, earthquakes everywhere, tsunamis and floods and, and volcanoes and all the things that could potentially kill everything on earth. That will be cut short according to Jesus in Matthew 24. But let's go first here to... Um, chapter 1 of Zephaniah, verse 12. It shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles. Now, why would that happen? Why would anybody search Jerusalem with candles? Well, because it's really, really dark there. And that's all there is for fuel. There's no electricity or anything, let's say. And will punish the men that are settled on their lees. I want to read this in a different translation, but uh, anyway. That say in their heart, the Lord will not do good and neither will he do evil. Because he doesn't exist, maybe? Well, that's probably why they would say that verse 13 chapter 1 Zephaniah Therefore their goods shall become booty and their houses a desolation They shall also build houses but not inhabit them They shall plant vineyards and not drink the wine thereof For the great day of the Lord Wait a minute the great day of the Lord is near It is near it hastes greatly even the voice of the day of the Lord the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. Whoa. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Wow. You can also go for a reference to Isaiah 22, verse 5, Joel 2, verse 2 and 31, and Amos 5, verses 18 through 20. For more, that say something like that. But verse 16, chapter 1, Zephaniah, A day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high tower battlements. And I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men. Darkness, anyone? Yep. Because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like dung. Verse 18. Neither shall their gold or silver be able to help them or deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land will be devoured by fire, the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make a speedy riddance, an end, a terrible end, of all them that dwell in the land. Whoa, that's really scary. Then let's jump over to chapter 2 and uh, verse 9. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be as Sodom. Whoa. Now, Moab, the land of Moab, is somewhere between Syria and Iraq, I believe in that area, maybe Jordan and parts of Saudi Arabia. Um, It shall be uh, the breeding of nettles and salt pits in a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people, that would be um, Israel, shall possess them like slaves maybe. Yep, I think so. This shall they have for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. That is, they're talking about Moab and their pride. The Lord will be terrible unto them, and he will famish all the gods, the little g-gods, that is, of the earth. And men shall worship him, that is, the one true God, and every one from his own place, even all the islands of the heathen nations. Remember from a previous podcast that Isaiah said that there would be few men left on the earth. Well, here it is in verse um, 11 of uh, chapter 3 of Zephaniah. Well, I'm going to read verse 6 first, sorry. I have cut off the nations, and their tower embattlements are desolate. I have made their streets waste, so that none passes by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, and that there is none inhabitant. Man, oh man, that sounds like extinction to me. Then in verse 8, Therefore wait and On me, says the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them my indignation, and even all my fierce anger for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. I just want to explain something about jealousy. Jealousy is when, let's say, it's my wife, and I'm jealous over her. Well, does that mean that I am uh, envious of her? No, it doesn't mean that. It's different. Jealousy is not envy, and we get that confused in America, and that's too bad, because it's different, and we need to know what that nuance is. It's between uh, something selfish and something selfless. Jealousy is selfless. I'm not worried about myself, but if somebody tries to hurt my wife, they're going to be in real trouble. And I'm going to hurt them, more than likely. Don't mess with my kin. Don't mess with my people. Don't mess with my kids. And don't mess with my wife. That's jealousy. Envy, on the other hand, is I want what you've got, and I'm bound and determined to get it one way or another. That's envy, and it's really, really ugly. But he says, For all the earth will be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. I am jealous, he's saying, over Israel for my people, my chosen ones, my Christians as well. Verse 9, For then I will turn to the people, the peoples in parentheses, um, a pure language, that is truth from God himself, in my opinion, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent, it doesn't sound much like the, the death of the whole earth. They're going to come back. People are going to be restored. Verse 11, In that day you will not be ashamed in or for all your doings, wherein you have transgressed against me, for then I will take away out of the midst of you them that rejoice in your pride, and no more... Uh, be haughty because in my holy mountain or government I will also leave in the midst of you an afflicted and poor people and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to read this in in the NLT. Hang on just a second. Zephaniah comes one book uh, between... Actually, Zechariah and Haggai, it starts with Zephaniah, and then Haggai, and then Zechariah. So if you can find any one of those, you can find Zephaniah. Chapter 3, and we were on uh, verse 12. So I'm going to back up just a little bit to 11. On that day you will no longer need to be ashamed, for you will no longer be rebels against me. That's much clearer. I will remove all the proud and arrogant people from among you, and there will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. This is God speaking. Those who are left behind, are left, will be lowly and humble, for it is they, it is they, Who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive one another. They will eat and sleep in safety. See, this doesn't say that the earth's going to end, it says they're going to be restored. Not one of them, no one will make them afraid. Verse 14, saying, O daughter of Zion, Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. See what I mean? They're going to be restored. The earth is going to be fixed. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. What? We're not going to heaven in a rapture? No. No, no. It just doesn't say that. At last, your troubles will be over, and you will never again fear disaster. <laughs> you see, when he's here, do you think he's going to put up with that? He's so powerful, he built the earth. He knows how to fix it, and he knows how to sustain it. So we can trust in him. Verse 16, chapter 3, Zephaniah. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. Wow. With his love he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. God's going to sing to his children. Wow. I will gather you who mourn for the appoint for the appointed festivals and you will no longer be disgraced. Verse 19. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and the helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. Wow! I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth as I restore your fortunes before your very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. Now, does that sound like total extinction to you? (laughs) Hardly. No, the earth is not going to go anywhere. Even if a huge uh, asteroid does strike the Earth, chances are, since the, most of the Earth is covered in water, it's going to hit a body of water. And uh, that seems to indicate what it's going to do because he said that the, uh, a third of the ships of the sea will be destroyed and a third of the creatures that lived in the sea will be destroyed. So, yeah, I mean, it would take a lot of force to do that. God is coming here to live. He's going to fix everything. Even though 9 out of 10 people may die, he will bring back the other 10%. Jesus said that if those days were not shortened, and I'm talking about the days to come, about... Uh, the time when uh, the world war will be going on and lots of nuclear bombs will be going off. And uh, my feeling is that, well, let's just read a couple passages here just to kind of give you an idea. Isaiah 34. And we could go to 22 as well because it's there too. But it's pretty ugly. Uh, For example, here's what it says. This message came to me concerning Jerusalem, the Valley of Vision. What's happening? Why is everyone running to the rooftops? Well, it's to see something. The whole city is in a terrible uproar. What is this reveling city? Bodies lying everywhere, killed not in battle, but... by famine and disease. All your leaders have fled. They surrendered without resistance. The people tried to slip away, but they were captured too. That's why I said, leave me alone to weep. Do not try to comfort me. Let me cry for my people as I watch them being destroyed. And you can read the rest of that chapter, and it talks about the destruction of Israel. But in verse 14, here's what it says, The Lord of heaven's armies have revealed has revealed this to me. Till the day you die, you will never be forgiven for your sin. That is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. So this destruction is coming on them for their sins. Now, in chapter 34, and I'm reading again out of the NLT version, which I really like. Come here, you nations, and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and every, everything in it hear my words. For the Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their armies. He will completely destroy them that is, all the armies, dooming them to slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied, and the stench of rotting bodies will fill the land. The mountains will flow with their blood, and the heavens above will melt away and disappear like a rolled-up scroll. And again, uh, my take on that is that when the smoke starts arising out of the bottomless pit, referred to before and it's in uh, chapter 9 verse 2 of Revelation the stars will fall from the sky like withered leaves withered leaves from the grapevine and shriveled figs from a fig tree and when my sword has finished its work in the heavens it will fall upon Edom well Edom is Saudi Arabia Iraq Iran Syria, Turkey, and Jordan, that area. It's the nation I have marked for destruction. The sword of the Lord is drenched with blood, covered with fat, the fat of lambs and goats, the fat of rams prepared for sacrifice. Yes, the Lord will offer a sacrifice in the city of Basra. Look it up. It's in uh, southern uh, Iraq. There's one there, and there's another one also in that area. He will make a mighty slaughter in Edom. Even men as strong as wild oxen will die, and young men alongside the veterans. The land will be soaked with blood, and the soil enriched with fat. For it is the day of the Lord's revenge the year when Edom will be paid back for all it did to Israel. The streams of Edom, verse 9, chapter 34, Isaiah, will be filled with burning pitch, that's asphalt or oil or tar. The ground will be covered with fire. Wow. This judgment on Edom will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation, and no one will live there anymore. Woe! It will be haunted by the desert owl and the screech owl, the great owl and the raven, for God will measure that land carefully. He will measure it for chaos and destruction. It will be called the land of nothing, and all of its nobles will soon be gone. Thorns will overrun its palaces. Nettles and thistles will grow in its forts. The ruins will become a haunt for jackals and a home for owls. And you can read the rest. Chapter 35, Hope for the Restoration, is the subtitle. Verse 1, Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory and the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen the hands of the, those who are tired And encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Save you alive. And when he comes, verse 5, chapter 35 of Isaiah, He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap, leap. the bl- I'm sorry. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Wow. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. You can go to my website. There's nothing for sale. It's i tell or jesus is why.com. And you can see my videos there and listen to my audios and read my eight books that are there. All kinds of stuff is covered, but it's basically Bible. It's Bible stuff. If you want to know about the rapture and the end of the world and all of that, you can read all about it right there, right from the scriptures. So until next time. I hope you have a great day, and keep looking up because better days are coming when Jesus returns. See you next time.